0: Today we give an update on the pursuit of election integrity. We discuss a groundbreaking case out of the Supreme Court last night related to the effort to uphold and protect religious liberties. And I give you three things that I'm specifically thankful for on this Thanksgiving. All this and more on another episode of Refining Politics and Culture with Michael Seifert. All right, everyone. Welcome back to a Thanksgiving episode of Refining Politics and Culture, where we explore what it looks like together to have vitally important political, cultural, and faith conversations, all with the ultimate goal of exuding truth and love, conviction, and grace in our discourse. Happy Thanksgiving. Guys, I pray that today is a blessed day for you of rejuvenation, of refreshment with those that mean the most to you. So wherever you're at and whoever you're with, I do pray that that's your reality today, that you're enjoying the blessings that God's bestowed upon us. Even in the midst of a crazy season, there's so much to be thankful for and grateful for. So I I do hope and pray that today is a Thanksgiving to remember in so many positive ways. We have a bit that I want to talk about today related to the election and the massive day that we had over the last 24 hours. It was actually a pretty groundbreaking day in the pursuit of election integrity, also in the Supreme Court and the fight for religious liberties. We'll get into a bit of that. I'm going to release a bit more content this weekend as well. So while this is going to be a very brief episode, um, because I don't want to overwhelm you with content on Thanksgiving— This weekend, we're going to touch a bit more on the specifics of what's broke over the last 24 hours in the pursuit of election integrity and the pursuit of justice related to this presidential election. And again, our prayer from the very beginning has been that the Lord would shine light on whatever was done in the dark. If there was any fraud, that it would be exposed. That's ultimately the goal. Whoever it benefits, doesn't matter. The point is that fraud would be exposed so that we can fight for the f- not only for this election, but also for the future of all elections going into the future. So I want to touch a bit on that. And then I want to share a few things that I'm specifically thankful for today. And then uh, that's that'll be a good way to end the episode and head into the Thanksgiving weekend. So little update on what took place over the last 24 hours major breaking news. Last 24 hours, we had a judge in Pennsylvania that halted any further certification of the vote. So essentially, this judge said, hey, I know that Pennsylvania has certified the presidential election, but the electors still have a few weeks to meet. And it's important that we halt any further certification process heading into that safe harbor provision, that safe harbor period. Let's let's make sure that we are pursuing all avenues of transparency related to the exposure of any potential fraud that was uh, Committed regarding our Pennsylvania election, especially related to the presidential election. So that judge essentially said we are not at a place where electors should be able to be chosen and feel confident in their pick for the president at the moment. There is too much that is happening. That was specifically related as well to a hearing that broke in Pennsylvania yesterday in front of the uh, Pennsylvania State Legislature. More on that in a second. A judge in Wisconsin has a petition on 150,000 potentially counterfeit ballots. So that's major as well in Wisconsin. We've got a judge in Nevada that called an evidentiary hearing for next week. So that's big news as well. The Trump campaign is actually going to be able to present evidence in a formal setting, which is going to be massive. That's something that the Trump campaign has really pushed for in, in Nevada, as well as Georgia, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan. And that's where some of these other hearings are kicking in. A judge in Georgia has granted an expedited review of uh, the Trump campaign litigation and the election processes in Georgia. So, major news as well there. Uh, Lynn Wood, who is an attorney that's working sort of hand in hand with Sidney Powell, um, trying to shine a light on what he believes is clear and evidentiary fraud that took place in this election. He's heading to the 11th Circuit now. So, his case is being expedited and being brought up the ladder. Two massive filings in Michigan and Georgia late last night. Michigan was 75 pages. Georgia was 104 pages filled with witness testimonials, filled with uh, language from the affidavits and evidence that was presented by multiple witnesses that came forward and shared their experiences in this past election. Those were both filed by Sidney Powell. So the major groundbreaking cases that we've heard are coming down the pipeline from Sidney Powell. Last night, they were released. I've read about 30 pages so far. And this weekend, I'm going to be digging into both of those uh, both of those filings in major ways. So I'm going to kind of unpack them and try to dig through and dissect and get the main points out of them so that next week we're going to be able to dive into those in great detail. From what I've learned in the first 30 pages that I've read so far, and as I've even kind of just skimmed the whole thing and looked for the sort of bullet points and dug into the kind of primary arguments of the of the different filings it's it's clear that there is so much to investigate here on the Dominion side as well as on the just unconstitutional voting parameter side on the ballot officials acting nefariously on the different uh, state election officials really barring transparency from the votes or potentially at least allegedly acting very fraudulently in their ballot stuffing or their counting of the votes or the way in which uh, some of these votes were tracked or dumped and there's there's a lot to this so more on that's coming I know it's hard to kind of skim the surface without diving much into I, I want to I could talk for 45 minutes about it right now but again I want to keep this episode brief we'll come back to this uh, this weekend and into next week we'll dive all into what's happening. Uh, All the different litigation that's being filed in these different states and what the Trump campaign has made it clear that they're pursuing. And again, the media said over the last few weeks, you guys don't have evidence. There's no evidence. What are we talking about here? And the Trump campaign has said, guys, just hold on. We're not going to reveal all the cards and reveal everything that's been brought to us. By these brave witnesses and whistleblowers, until we are in a setting that's appropriate to do so, where we have the proper protections and we can make sure that this isn't just uh, leaked to the media and instead it's done in a court of law or in front of the Senate in these different states or in front of the legislature, whatever it is. So, in Pennsylvania, for example, yesterday, the first of these hearings, it was groundbreaking. Uh, we heard reports of um, these ballot drops going. 570,000 to Biden and 3,200 to Trump, which is unfathomable. And so, in fact, even in that one announcement by a witness, the audience completely gasped in the legislature that was viewing this hearing. So, it's it's very clear that there's way too much on the table to just skim by and move forward with the certification of this vote without proper investigations and without proper hearings and without proper review. So I'm glad that the doors are opening for transparency related to our election. Yesterday was a groundbreaking day in—that's the best way to word it, honestly—the doors opening— for the pursuit of election integrity and justice. Again, regardless of how this election turns out, it is imperative that we make sure that every, that there's no rock left unturned regarding this election because there, is far too, there are far too many uh, instances of alleged fraud and enough questions that merit the necessity to pursue answers. There's way too much of that on the table to just skim by it like the media wants to do. And call this race. So that's why I've said from the beginning, it was a mistake for the mainstream media to call this race this early when there were so many irregularities, both statistical and brought to the surface by these different whistleblowers and witnesses to move forward. It it was reckless. It was irresponsible. It got the entire country thinking one way when in reality, this this election's far from over. And the Trump campaign and their legal affiliates yesterday made it very clear this election is far from over. We're not done yet. There's still a few weeks before the Electoral College meets and casts these votes. And then there's still a few weeks after that until it goes to the house. So a lot is happening here. Make sure that you are staying up to date on my Instagram at real Michael Seifert. I'm giving developments as they break, even throughout this weekend, as the cases continue to develop. There's so much happening in real time. So I want to make sure that you are in the know and able to be updated as much as you desire to be. So make sure you're tuning in with me there, and we'll continue talking about this into this weekend and into next week. Now what I want to do, I want to share a great piece of news with you, something definitely to be grateful for in the pursuit of religious liberties being upheld and the First Amendment being upheld, because it is vital in our great nation. So this is out of the Supreme Court last night. This is just the news reporting. The Supreme Court late Wednesday night struck down New York Governor Andrew Cuomo's new COVID-19 restrictions on religious gatherings, as New Justice Amy Coney Barrett cast one of her first high-impact votes, and Chief Justice John Roberts sided in dissent with the court's more liberal bloc. In a 5-4 decision, the court said Cuomo's restrictions violated the Constitution's First Amendment right to freedom of worship and granted an injunction barring the rules from being enforced. So the majority opinion said members of this court are not public health experts, and we should definitely respect the judgment of those with special expertise and responsibility in this area. But even in a pandemic, the Constitution cannot be put away and forgotten. The restrictions at issue here, by effectively barring many from attending religious services, strike at the very heart of the First Amendment's guarantee of religious liberty. Justice Neil Gorsuch wrote a separate opinion, siding with the conservative majority, saying churches and synagogues were treated differently than commercial institutions by the state. He said, quote, It is time, past time, to make plain that while the pandemic poses many grave challenges, there is no world in which the Constitution tolerates color-coded executive edicts that reopen liquor stores and bike shops, but shutter churches, synagogues, and mosques, Gorsuch added. Amazing. Guys, that's exactly what this order out of Cuomo uh, desired to do, was basically place unfair restrictions on churches and synagogues and mosques that he was not willing to uh, uphold, That same level or that same standard for different institutions. So, big box stores, retail spots, rallies, riots. I mean, he was not willing to enforce these lockdown measures on other areas of society, but he was perfectly willing to for religious institutions and was very forthright about that and very hostile about that as well. I'm so thankful that the court saw an injustice here and decided to intervene and made sure that they sided with the Constitution and with the framers of the Constitution's original desire for the First Amendment, which was not to protect the government from people and protect Governor Cuomo from the people and his desires to be upheld uh, even when they go against the Constitution and the will of the people. No, the very opposite. The First Amendment was designed to protect religion and the people's right to express their religion and freedom to assemble and celebrate their religious beliefs, protect those rights from the government. The Constitution was designed, the First Amendment was designed to protect people from their government, not government from their people. And this is exactly what the, uh, the court last night decided. So, awesome news here. Uh, more from Gorsuch's opinion. I love this. He said, government is not free to disregard the Constitution in times of crisis. Amen. There's no denying that we're in a health crisis. But there's also no denying that if we're willing to sacrifice our constitutional rights, sometimes, where's the line on that? We'd be willing to sacrifice them all the time. This is why Benjamin Franklin said, those who would give up essential liberty to purchase a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. So I'm going to say that again. Those who would give up essential liberty to purchase a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. And in this season, there have been so many that have been willing to give up liberty, to give up our First Amendment, to give up the Constitution in order to purchase a little temporary safety. And there's no time where that's acceptable. There's just not. Our Constitution was built to be evergreen. It was built to be something that is upheld in times of good and peace and in times of crisis and turmoil. There's no negotiating that. Gorsuch also said, I love this. According to the governor, it may be unsafe to go to church, but it is fine to pick up another bottle of wine, shop for a new bike or spend the afternoon exploring your distal points and meridians. Who knew public health would perfectly align with secular convenience? So Gorsuch rightly pointed out as well that there is a strong anti-religious bias here that is infecting the governor's restrictions. And it's not just Cuomo. Hopefully, this case sets a precedent for many other governors around the country that are not prioritizing the First Amendment in these lockdowns. They are being completely tunnel vision focused in their aims and they are not taking into account their own hypocrisy. They're not taking into account the First Amendment and the vital necessity it is to uphold these constitutional rights, not just sometimes, but all the time. So major good news there. We will continue discussing the implications of this into next week as well. I want to finish this episode by sharing three things that I am incredibly thankful for this Thanksgiving. First, I am so incredibly thankful for the Lord. You all know my faith. You know that Jesus Christ is the most important thing to me, has been, always will be. And there was a long time in my life where I wasn't walking with him, and I didn't know who he was, and I turned my back on him, and his kindness led me to repentance. And I recognize that I cannot do this on my own. Lord, I, I desperately need a Savior. In my brokenness, I am nothing, but you give my life purpose, and not just purpose for a short period of time, but eternal purpose and that purpose ultimately is living in fellowship with you that is my prayer that you would each each and every one of you would experience that reality today that even in our brokenness god would still choose to die for us even while we were still yet sinners god would choose to die for us and invite us into his great plan of restoring and redeeming this earth that daily blows me away i wake up every morning and i say god here i am send me whatever i can do to be a part of your great mission on this earth the great commission that you bestowed upon the people that would be willing to follow you lord i pray that today and every day I am blown away by that reality that even in my brokenness, you would still choose to use me. You don't need us to accomplish your goals on this earth. You don't need us to restore the earth, to redeem the broken places, to change culture and government, to look more like you and your desires. You don't need us for any of that. You can do it all yourself. You are sovereign over this world, yet you still choose us. That is an amazing thing that I pray I never become numb to. I pray that I'm always blown away by the fact that we have a part to play in this, even as broken vessels. Even stuck in our sin, God has chosen to die for us, to redeem our lives, to give them purpose, to reconcile us to him. Incredible. And I pray that wherever you're at with the Lord today, whether you'd say, yeah, I know Jesus and I love him and I pursue relationship with him him daily, and today is another day of giving thanks and gratitude for all that he's done in my life. If that's you, amazing. If you're in a spot where you say, you know what, I still don't know how I feel about this whole Jesus thing and in the show when you bring it up, I don't, I don't know how I feel about it. I'm trying to figure all that out. If that's you, amazing. So grateful that you're listening. And I pray that today you'd, you'd maybe be willing to open your heart and open your ears to say, God, if you're real, if you're out there, what do you have to say to me? How do you feel about me? I read and I hear and I, and I see these things and I don't know what to think about them. God, would you offer clarity to my life about who you are, your desires for me, how you want to speak to me? I pray that that would be your reality today, that you'd be willing to do that with an open ears and an open heart to hear what he may have to say to you because I believe that he does want to speak and show love to each and every one of us. So that's first off, incredibly thankful for the Lord, what he wants to do in each and every one of us. This show has been about the Lord most of all and it will continue being about the Lord most of all. We talk about politics, we talk about culture, but we do it through the lens of faith. We do it with the ultimate desire to see this world look more like the righteousness that God desires. We we do it with the ultimate aim of seeing this world look more like the kingdom of God, that people would pursue truth. And Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Absolutely. Objectively. That is the reality. That's what we believe. That is what I'm preaching. That is what I desire to communicate throughout this show, even as we talk about these political and cultural topics. So the second thing that specifically comes to mind that I'm incredibly grateful for today is this country, this incredible United States of America. And I am inspired daily by the values that America is built upon. And by the way, I have many listeners from around the world. I am not encouraging you to be uh, less grateful for your countries. I pray that you are just as grateful for your country and the nation that you live in and the community that you're surrounded with, that we are in America. The reason I'm specifically talking about America is obviously this is where I live. Also, it is the country that celebrates Thanksgiving today. And so we are celebrating today the sacrifices of those that have gone before us, the military heroes that have fought and died to preserve these great liberties and these great freedoms, And God is doing so much in this country. We have a history that is troublesome in many ways. We have a history that is glorious in many ways. And America should be defined by the values that she's embraced over the last 244 years. That's my prayer. We will continue fighting for freedom, fighting for this republic that is built by the people, for the people, if we recognize that the values that she was founded upon are worth preserving, worth fighting for, worth protecting at all costs. Because for the first time in human history, we have this government that was instituted for the people, that a constitution was designed to protect the rights of people from government, again, not government from the people, That we have a nation that recognizes unalienable rights given to us by our creator for life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That we would be a nation not defined by ethnicity or by culture, but we're defined by our values, by what we embrace. So we have people from all over the map of different backgrounds and different experiences, different ethnicities, that we all come together and we're uniquely American because we recognize that our skin color and our gender, and our backgrounds, and our cultures, those things don't define us. They can't divide us. Because they don't define us, they can't divide us. What brings us together and what unifies us is common values for life, liberty, and a pursuit of happiness. Common desires to see freedom for every man and every woman. That is what we should share and what we should embrace. That's what uniquely grafts us together in the American experiment. E pluribus unum, of many one, people from all over the world that have come here seeking opportunity. Condoleezza Rice said, the essence of America, that which really unites us is not ethnicity or nationality or religion. It's an idea and an idea and what an idea it is that you can come from humble circumstances and do great things. These are values that mirror the Judeo-Christian ethic that we live by. And so I am grateful today to live in this great country. I'm grateful for this republic. I'm grateful that we have an opportunity to be a part of affecting This country, that we have a seat at the table to make decisions through our elected representatives, that we have a constitution that protects the rights of the minority from the majority, that we have a constitution that protects the rights of every single person in this country from mob rule or from tyrannical government that prioritizes freedom, that we have the ability to speak our minds even when it goes against the grain, even when it goes against popular culture, that we have a First Amendment and the freedom to assemble and celebrate our God. that We have the opportunity to worship in places that are safe. That's something that we can be so incredibly grateful for today. Even while we've had oppressive moves against religious liberties, it's so important to recognize in the grand scheme of things how much we have to be thankful for. That I can open a Bible today and that I can read and that with my family today, we can pray together around the dinner table and not have to be worried about who's listening. It's such an absolute honor. And that's something that we cannot just get lackadaisical about. We cannot sit back on our hands and just say, well, we don't need to preserve it because it's here today, so therefore it will always be there. That's not the case. Freedom is just one generation away from going instinct. Reagan said that for a reason. It has to be preserved by every single generation. So I pray that our generation today is recognizing the beauty of the American experiment, that even with all of its flaws over the past 244 years, that there is something unique about this country. There's something great about this country. There are many things great about this country, honestly. And that in the United States of America, not only do the values that bind us all together here, not only they're such a blessing for the people here, but they're a blessing for people around the world. America has been a unique lighthouse, a blessing to billions around the world. And I pray that we don't forget that. By the way, if you want more kind of statistics about the way in which America has blessed not only its own people, but the world, over the last 244 years, you can go back to my episode on July 4th this year. I did an episode about why America is worth fighting for. And we talked a lot about just the different statistics of all the ways in which America has actually led billions around the world out of poverty, has helped other nations achieve freedom and democracy and prioritizing their own values and everything. So you can check out that episode for more info on that final thing that I want to mention that I'm incredibly thankful for today. Obviously, there's more than this episode has time for. I'm incredibly thankful for my family and my friends and my community. I can't adequately express my gratitude for them enough. My goodness. I have the most incredible people in my life. I'm so grateful for that in my personal life. Most amazing family, and I just daily count my blessings. But I specifically want to highlight you all. I want to thank you because of your support, because of you joining this journey with me. Guys, this show, we just made the top 100 news commentary podcasts in the entire country. Not just conservative or Christian, but all news commentary podcasts across right, left, and center. We're number 85 right now. I'm blown away. This show's in all 50 states regularly, in multiple cities in all 50 states regularly. This show has made it to 60 countries around the world, almost 2,000 major cities around the world. And with your support, it's continuing to grow daily, reaching new listeners. For me, it's not about ultimately where we're at at the charts. That to me is so cool because it shows that the show's growing, that people are seeing this as a helpful resource to cut through the media noise, to see the truth, to ask good questions. And I, I am deeply honored that we get to do that together. It is so fun for me to engage with you guys in this space, to have these important political, cultural, and faith conversations weekly together. And one of the highlights of this for me, by the way, is when you guys reach out and you share the testimonies and the stories of how this show has been a blessing to you. And I'd encourage you, if you haven't done so already, please reach out at my website, refiningpoliticsandculture.com. There's a contact me page. Share your questions, comments, concerns. I want to hear it all because it's so sweet for me when I get to hear from directly from you guys, the listeners, about how the show is affecting you. So it's an honor, and I hope you know how deeply grateful I am for each and every one of you for joining this journey with me. I'm humbled daily by this. I can't believe it. I pinch myself daily that this is quickly becoming what I do more and more full time. And and it's what I get to put more time and effort to. And I'm committed and excited about moving forward into the future and releasing more and more content for your enjoyment and as a helpful resource for you to pursue and discover truth in a culture, in a society that so often seeks the opposite. And so... I pray that as the show continues, you'll reach out, keep sharing your stories with me as I'm going to leave this there. So as always, if you've enjoyed this episode today, please make sure to subscribe to the show, leave a positive review for me. If you have not already, that helps the show continue to grow. I will keep you updated on the future of Refining Politics and Culture into 2021. We've got a lot of exciting things coming, so make sure you continue to tune in there. Really looking forward to that. If you have not subscribed to my email list, please make sure you do that at refiningpoliticsandculture.com. Please share this show with your community friends. The biggest way that this has grown, the way that we've grown on the charts, the way the show's grown its audience is by each and every one of you spreading this word. Word of mouth. That's how this show's grown. Not by a clever marketing strategy. My main goal is to create quality contents that you would feel like this is something worth sharing. That you'd feel like this has been a helpful resource for you. And so maybe it could be a helpful resource for your neighbor as well. It's an honor, guys. Bless you all. Hope and pray that you have a fantastic Thanksgiving weekend. This has been another episode of Refining Politics and Culture with Michael Seifert.